welcome to Happy Catastrophe, hosted by Katie Lasky, which is me. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Happy Catastrophe. Thank you for joining me on this amazing adventure of excitement and the unknown and living our truth. It has truly been remarkable because I've been called out of who I was playing and how I was living. And I created this whole podcast in the middle of total trauma and tragedy in my life. And so I have the ability now to put it out there and to create something great in a dark, dark time. And what's really cool about that is that this listener reached out to me and it's nobody who knows me and they don't know anything about me, but they ended up looking stuff up online about me and found out about some choices I've made in the past and ways of living and wanted to know about that. So now this podcast, I'm diving back to 2012. And it's a beautiful, incredible, and powerful reminder to me that we don't always have to be perfect. We don't always have to be who we think we are or where we're at. Because back then, I'm rereading a lot of my writing. And I was like, oh, I knew all of this back then. Like, that's five years ago. And now look at me, I fell back into it. But there's different there's different parts of life. There's different things when things become a priority. And when things become really important, or, you know, really pull at your heartstrings, there's different things that come with age and with desire. And so this is a really cool podcast for me. Because one, I'm talking about something that happened in the past. And two, speaking about this great discovery about who I am and what I needed to do and following through on it. And I think I needed to hear that message again today. Knowing that it's okay to have known something, to have been looked at as an expert in a certain area and then flub up or make a mistake. It's okay because who I am today, even though it's five years more years of personal development and transformation and all this different work, I've gone through other stuff that has changed me and what is a priority and what is important to me has changed. So though at the root of it, at the root of a lot of it, when I'm reading my writing, I can't believe how incredibly intelligent in the in the world of evolvement and transformation I was. It's nice to know that I can accept and forgive myself for being where I'm at now and still grow and learn from it. And I think that's a great reminder for everyone that it doesn't matter. There's no perfect place to be. There's no right or wrong about where I am five years later if I'm struggling with something because what then mattered to me is so different than now. And other people's choices, you know, changed a lot of things in the past five years that were out of my control, leaving me in a different situation now that I don't have control over necessarily some of it, you know, and I can choose what parts I do control. But because of those other people's choices, what I thought would play out over five years maybe didn't. So it's just surrendering to what is being where you're at and accepting where you're at as per Perfect. What can I do in this new place? Where can I go from here? How can I grow from this? How can I grow with this pain? So having someone listen to my podcast and say, this is what I want to hear about and putting me back into the work I had done back in 2012 is such a gift. So thank you. Thank you to my listeners. Thank you for stepping up and thank you for offering me this opportunity to go back and see that I've always had the wisdom. I've always had the gift and listening and trusting your t- intuition is huge. With that being said, the decision this person wanted to know about and and I guess had found while researching uh, was a decision that I made back in 2012. I had been sitting around with a group of friends and we had been, you know, just having conversation, sharing memories. Uh, And I remember one person had asked me, if you had to name the most uncomfortable situation that you could experience, what would it be? And so this was in 2012. I remember thinking immediately in my gut, feeling this, this heaviness, this weight, this darkness, and actually feeling the answer, actually totally embodying the answer. And I knew immediately what the most uncomfortable situation would be for me to experience. But I didn't really want to go there. I I mean, this was like a light, fun group. People were just going, 
going around sharing what they wanted to share and being silly. And I wondered, do they actually even want to know the honest answer? Like, is this a group of people who actually loves the work of transformation and calls themselves out on it? Or is it just a question that seemed really cool and you could call someone else out and, uh, you know, sometimes people will want to hear other people's struggle and then they feel better about themselves. So like, what was that? What was going on? And I, I remember thinking I could answer this so simply and then we could just move on. What if I answered it honestly? Would it come back on me? Would they use it as blackmail? And then I thought, you know, if I answer it deeply, are other people going to think that's going to come back on them and turn back on them? So will they stop asking these questions? I remember in that moment getting really, really clear and thinking, okay, I I know what I need. I don't just want it. I know what I need. And I, I need to identify with myself in such a real way. And I didn't understand back then what transparency and authenticity is and vulnerability. But that's what I was looking for. And that's what I, that's what I desired. I have learned so much about myself and recent issues that I was going through at the time. I had been in therapy for a while after losing my partner to suicide, as well as losing organs, you know, and dealing with my illness and stuff. But when I was dealing with the suicide, I realized a lot about how I was handling issues and how I just dealt with emotions. I was always the life of the party. I used humor to distract. Uh, I hid behind feelings that were fun and lifted other people up, or I put the focus on them to kind of get away what, with what was uncomfortable for me. So this was a huge moment in my life where I thought, am I going to step into my truth? Am I going to step into this place that was scary and unknown and potentially harmful because I didn't know what it was? Or am I going to just keep hiding? I remember just answering whatever and, you know, and going with the flow and keeping the mood light and leaving. But for days, it sat on my shoulders. It weighed me down. I was like, what is the real honest answer? Get real with yourself. What would it be? What would it like? What would it look like? Stop running. That's when I realized like I've known this all along and I can't run once I know it. So I knew it all along. It was there, but I'd never been called out to actually acknowledge it. So when this question came up, I was so connected through all, you know, my work in therapy and getting back into understanding self-love and forgiveness and surrender and respect and stuff. I had, I had found an integrity with myself to my word and I, I just knew I couldn't lie anymore. And so I acknowledged it. I finally declared it. I finally said it because once I did that, then I couldn't run from it anymore. Then then it would be a choice to ignore it. So before I was just living, you know, and going about with my coping skills, which were not strong. But now that I had developed, you know, two years of therapy, depth to my life and to my work and to my recovery from, you know, living through someone's suicide, I knew that once I declared it, it was a choice to own it and to do something about it. And so I told myself that my most uncomfortable situation would be to spend time with me alone and find the same love that I had for others and for the world for myself. And I had to not just do that and say that I was doing it, but I had to embody it and believe that I deserved the same treatment and same love as everyone around me. I knew it was time to make it happen. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know where to start. I remember thinking about different ways to do it, like blogging or you know making videos and stuff. And a lot of that scared me because I didn't actually know how it worked. I first jumped into a vow of silence, which if anyone who knows me, knows that that's like a super crazy concept for, for how loud I am and for how much I talk and for how much I communicate. 
Uh, and even, I mean, I went to school for theater, so I communicate with my eyes, with my face, with my body, you know, and to just shut that down. But what I wanted to do first was just go inside myself and experience life without an ability to communicate, without an ability to explain myself, without an ability to defend myself, to just be. And I ended up, I think I believe, I believe I made the challenge like three days or something. It ended up lasting 10 because so much was coming up during it that I had to stick with it. I didn't feel like I made a breakthrough and I was going, I felt like, oh, there's more, there's more, dig deeper, dig deeper. It was so hard for me to not communicate, to not want to tell people things. I couldn't use my own voice. I didn't know what people were thinking. I didn't know if people were judging me. You know, and then I would get all these private messages of people who knew I was being silent and I wasn't. And they were like testing me, you know, and trying to get me to respond and answer. And so I had to, you know, go off social media. And I just, I truly stayed in that place. And it was terribly, terribly uncomfortable, incredibly valuable and educational for me. And I knew that everything was going to fall into place because during that I realized this is what I need because I felt a lot of positive energy like running through me but I didn't understand how or why or what it was there to teach me I just knew that by doing this act of turning inwards and looking in and saying what do you need and not serving or people pleasing or trying to give what everyone else wanted I I found this place of of peace and it wasn't peaceful where I felt rested with it or comfortable it just was like a piece where I knew I wanted more of it and I knew that there was more work to be done. So when that silence ended and I'll maybe I'll do another podcast all about my silence for sanity, which is what I titled it. I knew how powerful it would be and I still resisted. Now there was a lot of reasons I was resisting, which is funny because throughout my life comes up in different ways, but I was afraid of blogging because I was afraid of sharing too much truth and upsetting people who don't like, you know, the the raw real version, which is actually what works for me. And a lot of people on the business world will say that that's that's business, you know, that's that's a crazy business decision and that's not smart at all is to share so much of your truth because then you show that you're not a master and an expert. But to me, the people I want to work with, the coaches I have worked with, the people that have moved me and inspired me are the people who are human and flawed and I see that they've gone through stuff and those people move me to depths I cannot explain. So for me, that's who I wanted to be. But with my writing, I wasn't sure if I wrote and shared stuff if it would make people ashamed of me or ashamed to be connected to me or would it throw other people under the bus or, you know, so I I was always very nervous about the people pleasing in my shares. And then I was worried about my grammar, my punctuation, and would people just focus on that? And would they, you know, would they be just so focused on the things that I'm doing wrong? And that really, really stressed me out. And so I resisted doing the blog writing. And then I resisted doing videos because I don't understand technology and I don't understand making videos and stuff. But here I am making a podcast now and I don't understand any of it. And it's stressful, but I get through it. And it sounds perfect. And it sounds exactly, it sounds exactly a it sounds amazing because it's me putting forth my full effort and not waiting for everything to be perfect. There's many things I can look back on that I wish I did and choices that I wish I didn't make or did make. And I thought, well, I don't have I don't have everything together. I'm not I'm not ready for this. I'm not perfect for this. So I'm going to wait till I am because I thought that was a more mature, responsible decision. But in the long run, we're never necessarily going to be ready. It's when we're thrown into the fire that we find so many more tools and skills and stuff for ourselves, but we don't necessarily know that we have it. So with this podcast, you know, I'm diving in, I'm learning as I go and 
you guys are accepting that and loving me for just taking the leap and being there. And so, you know, there there was that resistance. There was that. There was a lot of self-sabotage that came up with it because I knew how much came up during my silence for sanity. I started trying to blog and stuff and I had a lot of resistance to writing. I had all these thoughts coming up about, you should have listened better in school. Why didn't you pay attention to Miss Finnegan, my my English teacher in high school and, and all this stuff. And But none of that mattered because at the core, it's what am I going through? Am I, am I putting it out there? And if there's people who are super, sticklers on grammar and punctuation I'm not going to be their person anyway because I that's just not how I present myself I'm not that perfectly packaged you know perfectly wrapped gift of perfection I am a I am madness I am chaos I am a disaster but I'm a masterpiece from those messes so by being me by honoring my truth I actually call forth you know the, my listeners and my tribe and the people that I need to connect with I knew I wanted to be fearless I knew I wanted to have no regrets I knew I wanted to love life I wanted to love myself and I wanted to enjoy the time that I have life you know losing someone so young he was 31 and and knowing how short that life was and then having been you know almost losing my life due my due to my illnesses a few times and stuff I I know how short life can be and I don't want to just be living it like whether there are good times or bad times you have the time. Like it, we can't just celebrate the things that we want that happen and, and never question why the good things are happening. If we're, if we're going to say, why me for everything that's bad, we have to say, why me for the good stuff too, or we just have to let it go. I knew that life is here. I have this gift. I have this ability, like dive in, Katie, just do it. And I, and I wanted to prove that we're not defined by our past experiences. And we are definitely not defined by beliefs that others hold about us. We are who we create ourselves to be. And if you've had a horribly, you know, like upsetting and disturbing past because of others, you can let it go. And if you've had that kind of past because of your own choices, you can forgive yourself and let it go and grow from it. There's no reason to ever just sit and judge. There's a lot of times that we are lost or confused or so pain-ridden and pain-filled that our actions and our choices don't reflect who we truly are in the heart. But if you know at the core that you are meant and created out of love and kindness and possibility, then just stay true to the course because you will fall back. Even if you get lost and get off course, you will come back. You will come back home. You will come back to who you are. And, you know, for me recently, I've, I've had a lot of ugly feelings come up and stuff. And I had a lot of jealousy and frustration and anger at some people who didn't deserve it, who, who are living their amazing gifts of life. And I felt that it wasn't fair that I had so many hardships and so many different things that other people didn't have. But some people don't live to my age and they had far harder hardships than I did because they didn't get all these years of love and laughter and life, you know, and, and I, you forget that. And then it also has taught me to cut people out that are toxic because there's some people who will constantly be in the victim mindset. And for me, that does not serve me. And, you know, they'll, they'll be people in their life that they think, why them? Why them? This isn't fair. It's happening to them. And the minute something shifts and goes good, they forget about all the other people struggling and they just are on their high horse going strong with that. There is so many different levels to it. There's so many, you know, different little nuggets of growth we can have or wisdom and stuff. And I think just showing up for that, if you know at the core 
that you were meant for good and you know at the core that you trust your intuition and you know at the core that you are someone here to change the world. It doesn't matter if you get off course, just make a shift and redirect yourself and go back. We're always able to come back. We're all always able to inspire people even from our darkness and we're able to lift people up when we're in the light and bring them to the light with us. So I, I, I mean, I just wanted to prove that there is more amazingness out there for us to experience. So with that, I knew that I had to make another massive decision. And this is what the person who had written to me and asked me to share about is this little part here, which is what I actually called and on my like business cards I printed out when I did this, I had it said, and she leaps. And you know, it was in a lot of fun colors and this little spring making this major change in my life. I wanted to feed my greatest desires while overcoming my fears. I didn't want to pretend that they weren't there. I didn't want to pretend what I had gone through didn't happen. I didn't want to just decide to move up, you know, up and move somewhere where no one knew my past and pretend it never happened and never have to be that. I wanted to become alive again. I wanted to let go of everything that was safe, jump into what was unknown to me and to me what was safe was living you know in my in my place living with my friends living around community having my family living with a routine living living safely so for you know for 10 years before that I had been a performer I worked full-time as an actress and an improviser and I toured the country and I traveled and I was I was doing what I loved and my sickness and my illness took all of that away from me so now I was living in Boston and I was nannying and, and I love the kids and you know five years later I'm still actually I just had a sleepover with them last month when I was visiting them and you know and stay in touch so it's a huge part of my life but there was just too much security and safety and I didn't feel that I had the ability to grow I also coming from a life of someone who is sick and ill had been in the hospitals where everything is told to you when it's going to happen what's going to happen how it's going to happen what they're going to cover what they're not going to cover and I felt totally helpless I felt powerless I felt out of control I knew that what I had to do was going to be drastic it was going to be be a massive shift, a massive change, drastically different from what I was doing. I am lucky because I do have an amazing family. I do have really quality parents. I have parents who had children because they truly cared about creating better human beings than they were and about giving a better life than they had. I have like, I'm a perfect mixture of the two of them. I have my mom's heart and love of life and love of people and love of helping and love of being of service. And I have my father's wild adventurous soul and free spirit and love of nature. So between the two of them, like my dad had hitchhiked across the United States from Massachusetts to California when he was younger. Just had all these crazy adventures, you know, and all this stuff. So I knew I had to do something I didn't know what to do. And I had reached out to my dad. It was almost his birthday. You know, and I was like, what What do you want for your birthday? Like, what could I do for you for your birthday? That would be amazing. And, you know, I'm like, I'm trying to step out of my comfort zone. And I was thinking it would just be something him and I did, you know, for the day or something. And it would kind of slowly shift me into this massive transformation that I was desiring. Uh, my dad said that what he wanted me to do, what he wanted for his birthday was for me to to, to let go of everything I wanted and to go give myself the journey he had like hitchhiking but not he made sure it was very clear do not hitchhike like that wasn't safe for a, a dude and it certainly isn't going to be safe for a girl my size and who loves as hard as I do I know that was a real big fear for my mom was like how much I love people and how kind I am to everyone and could I get hurt and what would happen to me and would I be in dangerous situations when he said that it was clear that there was this massive opportunity in front of me if I 
chose to claim it. So I thought, okay, I'm going to move into my car. I'm going to move in my car. I'm going to get rid of all my belongings. I'm going to just go. I'm going to get in my car and go. I'm going to be free. I'm not going to be handcuffed to a hospital bed where I need, when I need the nurse, I have to press a button. And whether or not she comes is out of my control. I'm not going to be in a body that needs to be in the hospital every single day having, you know, procedures and stuff. I'm going to, I had a surgery. I had my colon removed. My body was functioning better. I'm going to be totally free. I'm going to go. I'm going to go and I'm not going to go to run away from my problems. I had done two years of therapy, like extensive therapy, you know, and I had done all that. So I wasn't running away from my problems. I had stayed home and dealt with them in the, in the place where they hurt the most. But what I was going to do is I was going to go and believe in love and kindness and just spread it everywhere, spread it in abundance, spread it fearlessly, give it out to everyone. And if it came up for me to share my story, I would. But if it was time for me to listen to someone else's, then I would be that for them. You know, just believing that who I came across and who I needed to meet and who needed to meet me would be this this beautiful blend. So my dad said that he would help me. We would build a bed in my Pontiac vibe that we would make this happen. And it was absolutely horrifying and so just insanely exciting. And I was caught in this place. Like I was torn in this place where anything could happen. And like, and by doing this adventure and, and being, you know, being grounded in reality, doing this adventure, I could lose my life. I could lose anything, but I would finally lose it, not to a sickness, not in a hospital room, not to pain. If that came up, if that tragedy happened, I would have done it by being adventurous and full of delight and pleasure and life and light and love. And I would have taken action and died by an adventurous, bold decision versus by becoming powerless by disease. I, I, I made action steps. I made you know, a different plan of what I would do. I donated all my belongings, which was so, so incredibly just, uh, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. I donated all my belongings and it was so powerful because I called homeless shelters. I had all, anything that was from like Rick or man stuff. I had the homeless vet shelters just come and take everything. And then for me, I had women who were getting to transition into homes who had children come and take whatever they wanted. So they had clothing or, you know, kitchen stuff or just anything. I had them come and take so they could start off their life with the abundance that I could offer them. I remember part of what was really hard, like I, I was like, oh, I want to let go. And it was so exciting to just let go and give all this stuff and see their tears and their thanks and their appreciation and and their just disbelief that someone was being this kind and so empowered by it. And then I remember going down to this one spot in Boston where a lot of the homeless people beg for money and giving out my turkey costume and my Scooby-Doo costume. And, and to you listeners, it probably sounds crazy and and childish or stupid but to me costumes are something that I I connect on a really like ridiculous level like I, I have a lot of fun I'm a big believer of childlike behavior not childish I'm mature I'm intelligent I know what's going on but I believe that there's a power in letting go I believe that there's a power of expression of creativity and I live in that and so these costumes I had had become a part of my life for so long but I went and gave them to these homeless people begging because I thought maybe they might get something special or extra you know, being in a silly costume or having that opportunity. But when I gave it all away, it actually, 
I mean, to, to show that I'm still human, a part of it came up where I was like, oh my God, I want that back. Like, I, you know, I really miss that. I, I wish I had that. And, you know, so stuff like that does come up, but that's just part of it. Like, why was I attached to that stuff? Why was I connected to that stuff? What I really got at, the, the source of it was that I wasn't connected to the costume. I was connected to the, the experiences I had because of that. So I had experiences of joy and pleasure and excitement. Okay, these are the feelings I really liked because of that costume. And so I just created different ways. I made love bomb cards. I created the love bomb and, you know, and I made these little love letters for the whole year. I was giving them out and they just said beautiful things like, you matter, I see you. Thank you for smiling. Like, you are beautiful. You know, stuff like that. And I would hand them out to people. And that created that same joy for me that being in the costume, making people smile or laugh when they saw someone walking down the road as a turkey did. But I actually was giving away in a more powerful way this time. Realizing my attachment to them and getting clear about it gave me the ability to inspire and make an impact on other people. Instead of just being silly, I started making an impact on people by being vulnerable. And that was just, you know, incredible. And there's just so much that we can do for other people. And I want to do a whole podcast just uh, just about the simple ways to give back to people and acts of service that we can do for people that are free. Because sure, sure, I, you know, I bought the costumes, I own them and stuff, but there's, a, I can name a hundred things right now that we could go do for the world that wouldn't cost a dollar. So it's never that we don't have the resources because we don't need money. We need ourselves and we just need to make the choice. I'm making a choice to make a difference for the world. I had to go back to living at my parents' house. I had to give up my apartment. I just knew that nothing could stop me because once I was in their house, I knew I had to get out of their house. I had never been there before since 18. I knew I wanted to leave. I was only there, you know, for a little bit and it was the holidays. Life just had a different plan than I had picked. I thought my life was supposed to be an actress and tour and I thought that I was going to fall in love and have a family and I thought all these things were going to be easy and effortless for me. And they weren't, but it's never stopped my desire to love fully and to live boldly. I knew that before I left home, I wanted to be rooted in reality. So I made medical appointments. I set up everything. You know, I, I had different tests. I had everything that I needed to get done, done. Just so I could leave for my anxiety, I could leave on a term of like, okay, these are the things I've done. I've managed stuff and now I'm going to go hit the road. Medical stuff is what took me off the road and I wasn't going to let it stop this. So I did have to do a lot of responsible decisions in these weeks getting ready, you know, so donating my clothes, giving stuff away, doing all that was really exciting and empowering. But I also had to do things that were responsible. And I kept nannying, you know, I had saved, I had lived in very small places for very, very cheap rent for years so I could save money for my great adventure. And I didn't know that this is what it would turn into, but I always was saving and saving. So I had my money. And I knew if this journey couldn't begin, if something medical came up, by realizing my attachment to my physical belongings, I realized that I had an attachment to this needing to happen now. And I was worried that if I don't, this doesn't happen, will I lose my happiness or my drive or my reason to smile or my belief in purpose? In December, right before I was getting ready to leave, my medical I had a medical problem come up again and I really almost spiraled out of control. I was so angry and I had so many unserving negative emotions surface because I thought they were taking me off this course. Now I had with my dad built a bed in my Pontiac Vibe. We built this really cool system where I had two drawers, like they're those long Tupperware drawers underneath for my clothing. I kept just 20 pieces of clothing. I had a stuffed animal. I had my juicer, my computer. I didn't even have a smartphone and I had a Nerf gun because <laughs> you always need a Nerf gun. You know, I was so ready. And I remember fighting and feeling out of control. And I felt so handcuffed to my 
the healthcare system and I felt handcuffed to my body and I felt like I wish I didn't wake up the next day. I mean, I was falling into the fear. The fear had reached out and it seemed like it was the only thing that was saying, I got you, I got you, like come this way. I was falling into it. And then I remember going to a doctor just saying, you know, like if I had to come back off the road, then I will. And after so many failed launches, like I had so many delays from, okay, this is the day I'm going to leave. This is the day I'm going to leave. I packed up the vibe finally. You know, it was with that belief. If I need to come back, I can. But it doesn't mean I failed the trip. It means the whole reason that I'm doing this trip, which is to find a love in myself that's as deep and as great and as real as the love I have for the world and for others. Then I've accomplished what I set out for. So while in this journey, will I move into my car? Will I hit the road? Will I head to no first destination and just go? If I'm loving myself that much, if I need to come home and go to the doctors out of love for my body and for life, then I would have actually accomplished what I set out for. And when I had that reality, when I had that you know, shift of how I was thinking, when I had that understanding, I was okay. I was okay with the delay. And then the day that I decided I could drive away, I remember crying. My eyes were filled with tears. You know, my parents were there waving goodbye in the driveway. My mom was crying hysterically. My dad was so wildly excited for me. And I left their place on a Friday morning in in late January. And I was supposed to leave the first and I left weeks after because of my illness and medical, but I left. And I honored my body and myself first by staying and, and knowing that the date that I left wasn't what mattered. It was the commitment to leaving and me following through while having a safe situation for my body. <laughs> and I remember those tears, each one that fell was fear and sadness and excitement and happiness and every emotion that you could imagine when you realize that your entire world is just a few items in you that I had legit let go of everything that offered me security, comfort, sanity, the known, you know, like every everything that I knew, I had nothing. And a lot of times, you know, you can go out and get compliments on an outfit and you feel like you can hide behind that. Or people use so many things to hide behind and I had nothing. I had five outfits, you know, like <laughs> I had a pair of sneakers and, I, and, and a pair of flip-flops and one pair of boots. Like that's all I had. I wasn't hiding behind any good style. I was wearing the same outfit every every fifth day but I had me and I had such wealth in love and an adventure and I had such beauty in my heart that nothing else mattered and I remember looking into the rearview mirror and just crying and I remember thinking wow you're the only companion that you will have for however long this lasts is you and I remember thinking that was awful and I remember thinking it was wonderful. I couldn't decide if I if I thought this was a gift, like, oh my God, is this a gift? I'm going and I'm doing things that so many people said they wanted to do and never had the ability to do or the balls to do or the courage to do, or is this an absolute punishment <laughs> to spend X amount of time with Katie? I just couldn't hide behind who I was anymore. I needed to find that voice and the only way to do it wasn't by staying put where I lived with friends and I went out all the time and I had a great community. I wasn't going to throw my life away. I wasn't going to waste time that I fought for, that I got a second chance that other people don't get when a disease almost kills you. I got that second chance. I was going to make it happen. I was going to find my voice. And not only was I going to find the voice, I was then going to use it. I was going to make it louder. I was going to empower it. So when I started that engine, I remember leaving the neighborhood and getting on the highway and laughing and smiling and beaming 
and glowing and then thinking, where the hell am I going? <laughs> and that was how Vibe Life started. So my, my website, you can actually go to Live Vibe Life or you can go to katielasky.com. And both of them kind of have that that story, that adventure. I'll try to post a picture in the happycatastrophe.com of what my car looked like. And I'll definitely do another podcast about my car life, how I designed it. And I'll give a whole amazing podcast if you guys want about what it was like on the road. I can tell you that it was incredible and powerful and inspiring. And I can tell you that great things happened and I met incredible people and I learned endless lessons. And I can also tell you that tragedy happened, horrible events, things that people feared would happen to a woman alone on the road. And all of that happened as well. And it's okay because I was willing to do anything to be free. And I was willing to put myself in any situation that would get me to find my love for myself, to find a depth of love and admiration and courage within myself and love for myself that I shared for the world, and I did. I did all of that during my time in my car and crazy adventures, amazing friends, everything that I met. So I'll do that in another podcast because I don't like them to be too long, but that was my journey. That was my you know, question of, just a friend asking like, what is the most uncomfortable thing you could imagine and how I created this massive shift. I left home, I left what was comfortable and known and I dived into the unknown and it wasn't because the unknown offered, it wasn't how people say, if you just trust you know, the universe, if you just take the leap, amazing things will happen. You just need to trust that you take the leap and everything great will happen on the other side if you just believe. There is a lot of horrible things that happen, but to me, it was worth it. To me, to have that freedom of life is worth it. So the question is to you, to have that freedom, to have that self-love, to have that adventure, what are you willing to lose? And then diving in. So that was this week's happy catastrophe. I'm so excited to share with you, to dive into it. So happy catastrophe, another week, a brilliant message. And I'm so excited for being called out to share where this came from because I haven't talked about it for so many years. And it was cool to actually get back rooted to that brave moment and see that I'm still here standing. And even though all these craziness and darkness has happened, that I'm still here and that it will come again and the light will come again and the darkness will come again for sure. But thank you for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe, you share, you rate and review. And I cannot wait to get in touch with you and talk with you guys again next week on another episode of Happy Catastrophe. Peace, love, and may you have a happy catastrophe. Mwah. so much for listening to this week's happy catastrophe please continue to support the podcast by rating reviewing and subscribing on itunes you can also follow us at happycatastrophe.com and if you want to stay in touch with me you can find me at katielasky.com or katielovebomb on instagram thank you so much to andy erickson for producing and the website design and thank you so much to her husband alex stein for producing audio engineering and creating the intro and outro song Thank you, love you, and a happy catastrophe to you all. Peace till next time. Mm -hmm.